Hello, welcome to the marketplace. My name is Darrell Kwao. At the top of the hour, we were at the commissioning of the Electrochem Salt Mine uh, by the president of the country. That uh, processing plant is expected to create some more jobs and also help boost economic growth. We want to just go straight to our stories this afternoon. Government has now set the end of September this year as a new date for the Ghana Financial Stability Fund to take off. It's coming after an earlier date was reviewed by the Finance Ministry. But government says it has now secured the initial seed capital for this fund, as well as commitment from the country's donor partners. The Ghana Association of Banks, in a recent report, pushed for quick establishment of the fund to support banks facing liquidity challenges. Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam is Minister of State at the Finance Ministry. The DDAP was based on the stress test, the comprehensive stress test that we conducted, you know, to determine the effect of the program on the domestic uh, banks. And so we fully understood what the effect uh, could be. It's the quantum of the effect that we, we did not know. But we knew that some would be adversely affected. The good news is that some of the banks have recovered quickly and a lot of them have declared profits. But those that are still faced with solvency uh, challenges, we want to be able to address that through the financial stability uh, fund. And, and, and this is money government is putting uh, in place, uh, as well as the World Bank. We are contributing about $500 million. The World Bank wants to do about $250 million. And, and this is the first phase of the, the, the funds that we are going to disperse to banks that are having solvency uh, challenges. Liquidity, we shouldn't even go there because we don't think there is much of liquidity uh, problems in the banking, uh, local banking uh, sector as a result of the forbearances the uh, Bank of Ghana uh, provided. Uh, but for solvency issues, yes, some have, especially the state uh, uh, banks with state interest, mm. and they are the target banks for support under the, the financial stability mm. uh, fund. We're hoping that by uh, the end of September, uh, I think we sh it should be operational mm. so that the banks can begin to receive uh, this support mm. in order to make them stronger. Uh, you also know that government is embarking on an aggressive growth strategy, and to be able to achieve that, we need to be able to provide the private sector uh, with capital mm. uh, so that they can be able to invest mm. uh, and, 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 and therefore finalizing the financial stability uh, fund and then implementing it as, as quickly as we could uh, will also help the private sector have access mm. to capital uh, mm. through our local uh, financial institutions mm. to support our growth. So that doesn't mean that you, you, you will go ahead uh, with what you have, the seed capital, uh, whilst later you look forward to because you are now working towards September. The World Bank is still working on to advance your support as well. Will we start with something whilst later the additional donor funding comes on board to support yes, Our actual target is $1.5 billion. Mm. But the 750 uh, we are doing, as I indicated, is the first uh, uh, phase of support that will be provided through the, the Financial Stability Fund. And so, yes, we're talking to donors. A lot of them have shown interest uh, as and when it is necessary for government to raise additional funds uh, so that uh, overall we are able to meet the $1.5 billion uh, going forward. We, we should be able to do that. The Economist Intelligence Unit is warning Ghana and other African countries uh, 
that have high inflation and interest rates could continue to weigh on growth and investor confidence over the 2023-2024 forecast period. That's according to its latest report dubbed Africa's Operational Risk Outlook. It said these situations disrupt businesses, investment and economic growth, leading to uncertain operating environments. Furthermore, the UK-based organization pointed out that although greater focus will be placed on building regional markets and value chains, progress on the continent-wide African continental free trade area will remain slow. This is given the complexities and challenges of setting up effective trading arrangements and existing non-tariff barriers such as poor regional infrastructure connectivity. In addition, widespread corruption in public services, a lack of accountability among civil servants, limited government control beyond key urban capital centers, a lack of judicial independence, among others, will continue to hold back Africa's operational risk environment in the medium term. Meanwhile, the five best-rated African countries for operational risk in Africa as of mid-2023 are Mauritius, Cape Verde, Botswana, South Africa, and Morocco. Now, President of the Chartered Institute of Taxation, Ghana, George Kwetia, has advised government to close the tax gap by investing in existing tax laws rather than introduce new levies. According to him, the introduction of new taxes and increases in levies without corresponding increase in GDP is counterproductive. Mr. Kwetia spoke on Joy Business's discussion theme, Ghana's high taxes, the causes, and finding remedies. We had a World Bank conducting a a study um, in 2020 with respect to Ghana's tax gap. And the bottom line of that study was the fact that Ghana, with respect to three taxes, which is uh, import duties, corporate tax, and VAT, we had a tax gap of about 20%. If you take 2021 GDP estimate of about $77.6 billion. If you work out the 20% on the $77.6 billion and you translate it to its CD equivalent, depending on the exchange rate you use, we are talking about 155 to 170 billion as tax gap. If you look at our total tax revenue, as I've mentioned, for the revised one for 2023, government is only looking at 108 billion. Plus, you have a tax gap of about 55 to 70 billion. So, obviously, you really are a country that wants to invest and uh, make sure that uh, you roll in the right taxes. In my view, it's not about more taxes, but it's rather an investment into making sure that you close the tax gap. And if we are able to do so, for instance, uh, we should be able to double our tax revenues from uh, the neighborhoods of uh, 108 billion to almost uh, 250 and, and even more billion. Well, speaking on the same program, economists at the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research, Professor Charles Acker, said government must find a better way of taxing the informal economy where much income generated, uh, much income is generated but is unaccounted for. A baba, the baba I go to where I baba my head. Yes. Yeah, and this baba has been there for 
more than 15 years since I've been living in Adelaide. Mm. More than 15 years. When I go there, haircut is 20 Ghana City. I ask him, how many people do you barber a day? He said, at least 10 people. On Saturdays and Sundays, he gets as much as 30 people coming to barber. Okay. By my calculation, every month, he gets about 9,000 Ghana City. That's more than a teacher's salary. That's more than a nurse. That's actually almost equal to what a professor takes. And so when you are taxing the university security officer who earns about just 800 Ghana City, the nurse or the cleaner in Kolobu mm. who earns just about 700 Ghana City, and you impose income tax on him, and then you have people doing business like barber, hairdressers, mechanics who are not in the bush. They are right in the community. They've been there for 10 years, 20 years, and you cannot raise, they are earning as much as 9,000 a month, 20,000 a month. Some of them count a lot of, about a million Ghana City in a week, and you don't find a way of taxing them even 5%. Mm. of their, their revenue every month. You will not raise your tax revenue. Then you will now go and concentrate on the free formal sector, people like me, uh, small businesses, and impose high taxes on them, increase VAT to 15%, impose a lot of excise duties that is now crippling businesses. You will not grow the economy. People will find a way of avoiding and evading the tax, and you come back the same way, not achieving your target. So I just wanted to show that, even if you look at the budget, the um, the targets are not ambitious enough. Our tax effort is too low, it's inadequate. That's what the World Bank analysis he was mentioning shows that if you take even corporate tax, the gap, the tax gap is about 84%, which are, we are raising only just about 16% of the potential. We could have raised more revenue from the corporate sector than we are doing. If you come to VAT, it's the same thing. If you come to import duty, which there's a lot of evasion at the customs, we could have raised about 30% more revenue from import duty than we are raising. So the, we need to look at the tax administration and reform it and set them ambitious target and let them raise the revenue. Otherwise, we'll keep going to IMF. Now, some commercial drivers appear to have found new ways of dealing with the impact of rising fuel prices. The increases are not just draining their pockets, but seem to be taking a psychological toll on the drivers. While well, my colleague Emmanuel Jivenu caught up with a 20-year-old taxi driver who has blinded his fuel gauge to avoid distraction of seeing the fuel go down. Still up to no bimusa for eight city dropping. I didn't remember seventy. I know food dropping now. I That is Emmanuel Fachao, a twenty year old man who has been driving for two years. The persistent rise in fuel prices is forcing him to reconsider moving out of the driving business. My head my for when I got up with two point five. May say seven five. The fuel price increases are eating away at his profit. It also affects his concentration on the road too. Emmanuel says constantly witnessing his fuel reduce, as seen from the fuel indicator, distracts him. So he has decided to cover the fuel gauge. <laughs> To reduce the frequent visits to the filling station, 
Emmanuel opts for short-distance rides. He believes short-distance rides are more cost-effective than long rides, although he admits the bargains from passengers can be irritating. <laughs> Emmanuel appears not to be the only one covering the fuel gauge whilst on the road. Some commercial drivers also cover the fuel gauge. But what is the point when the fuel will decrease due to the kilometers covered? Emmanuel explains that he parks his vehicle after a number of rides to check his gauge to avoid completely running out of fuel. In December 2021, when he started driving, petrol was selling at 6 cities 80 pesos per liter. Now petrol is selling at 13 cities 50 pesos per liter. This represents a 99% increase in price. Should the fuel prices continue to escalate, Emmanuel fears he'll be squeezed out of business. For now, the 20-year-old is looking at saving enough to start his own business and get off the road. Until then, he'll continue to temporarily cover his fuel gauge to give him some sanity on the road. Emmanuel Jivenu, Joy Prime. Now, Axis Bank Ghana and auditing firm Deloitte have signed an MOU to build the capacity of 10,000 small and uh, small and medium enterprises as well as trade associations within a one-year period. The agreement will enable Axis Bank to provide affordable funding to expand the operations of small businesses in the country. Yes, more. Small and medium enterprises in Ghana face challenge in securing capital as well as having access to capacity building. Due to this, Access Bank Ghana and Deloitte have signed a memorandum of understanding to build capacity of 10,000 SMEs in Ghana. The support will be in cash and capacity building to support SMEs expand their businesses. Speaking to Joy Business, the Chief Finance Officer of Access Bank Ghana, Michael Jabat, said the partnership will bring change in the SME space. So this partnership largely with, um, between Access Bank and Deloitte is to really position us in a way that beyond the financial services, beyond the loans, beyond the advances that we are able to provide to SMEs to scale their business, um, Deloitte also comes in on the back of the technical assistance in terms of capacity building. You know SMEs make up over 80% of our economy. That has become a cliche we speak all over the place. But at the end of the day, we believe that we have to go to the next level and make sure that beyond the financing, there's also that capacity building, accounting services, um, financial services, governance, and all of that. We believe that the two should go hand in hand. If we're able to tell, if you want to take SME business or to take SME support to the next level, at Access Bank, we've been doing this over um, the past few years, and we believe that um, over the 170,000 SMEs we've been able to support since our coming to this market, we should be able to take it to the next level. Country managing partner Deloitte Ghana, Daniel Kojo Wusu, said the exercise is an exciting journey that would empower small businesses. According to him, businesses are struggling to have access to capital. So just as, just as we said uh, during the signing, um, so Deloitte is a big global firm. Um, we are the biggest professional service firm uh, with 
significant knowledge in accounting, with uh, technology, uh, with strategy, uh, with budgeting, and the rest of the things. So what we are seeking to bring, we are coming with the knowledge. Access Bank has the funds. And that's the marketplace. Thanks for watching, everyone. There is more news on our website, myjoyonline.com forward slash business. Uh, we'll be back same time tomorrow.